tonight. We're giving God thanks one more time. Just for another opportunity. Last week we were online uh, just reviewing some of the things that we had discussed in the, the past um, series. And uh, we were taking some questions last week. Uh, we ran out of time, but I had promised that if there were any comments, not only questions, but anything that anyone had to share, uh, any comments, that I would have taken those comments tonight before we move on into our our teaching for tonight. Uh, so once again, I just want to open the floor to anyone. You may unmute your microphone. I remember uh, several persons were saying they had something to say, but I believe uh, the clock struck nine and we ended. And so tonight you have that opportunity. And let's feel free to express ourselves. We're all learning from each other. I, 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 I want you to feel free tonight you know, just to unmute your microphone and to share, make your comments or ask your questions. And we will move on from there. So the proof that one really knows God's seven tests, keeping God's commandments, are we keeping God's commandments, loving one's remembering your spiritual growth, guarding against the antichrist or false prophets or teachers. Uh, does the gospel abide in you? And abiding in Christ. Blessings, Pastor. Blessings, Mr. Mayor. Uh, just very quickly, just a question. From the seven uh, topics that we went over, is one more important than the other? Or all they are, all of them are the same? Do we focus on one more than the other? Or should we focus no, on no. all? There's, there's seven tests. That if we are if we are truly committed uh, to these seven questions that are asked, then it really proves that one knows God. Okay, thank you, sir. Right, you're welcome. I believe we have no more comments. No more questions. Okay, praise the name of the Lord again, everyone. Okay, so tonight we'll be looking at turning our Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 18. Reading from verse 1 to 6. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 to 6. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. 
So he made it again, another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, said the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are he in mine hand, O house of Israel. I read from the New Living Translation. The, the Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. And the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. The question, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. From a national level to a very individual level, the individuals make up the nation. So using the same principle, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so am I, am I in his hand. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in God's hand. Before I begin, we're going to be having a very quite different class. Before we, I begin tonight, I want to show a little video of a, a potter molding and shaping a a vessel. I'm going to ask Sister James to share that at this time. And there, during the video, I might ask you to pause every now and then. All right, let's go. Pause for me. Door mics unmuted. I'm going to ask, who knows at this point in time what's in the mind of this gentleman? What's in his mind? What is he going to make? What's the, what is the, the thought that is the center of his focus at this point? 
as it relates to this lump of clay? Who can guess? Or who can tell me? Not guess. Tell me clearly. What is he going to make? Describe good evening, for Pastor. me. Uh, good, e- good evening, Pastor. Good evening, Sister Karamula. I'm going to try two things. One, I could say he's going to make a pot. And I'll, on the other hand, I could say at this initial stage, he does not show what he's going to create as yet. That's good. It's going to be a very simple class tonight. And we are going to learn some things from, from this little video as it relates to this text. Sister Karamula says he's going to make a, a pot and at this time, it's not clear what he's going to make. Did we have another person? Praise the Lord, Pastor. Praise the Lord, everyone. Um, the potter, the absolute power, the potter has absolute power over the clay. Therefore, he can make any type vessel or whatever he pleases. Um, the destiny of the clay is in his hand. Okay, what, what is he going to make? Whatever he pleases. <laughs> Whatever vessel he pleases. So do you know from this picture? No. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Sister Brown. And so, brothers and sisters, we can only imagine... We know potters make different kinds of vessels, pots, jars, different types of vessels. But we can only imagine what is in the mind of the potter. And so is it, brothers and sisters, is that We don't know what God has called us into this great kingdom for. We don't know the purpose. We know generally that it's a kingdom which is an eternal kingdom. And we know by scripture that we have passed from death to life. We come into this kingdom. But let's continue with the video. Look on the how focused the gentleman is. And look at his hands. Let's pause for it. The Lord said to Jeremiah, as the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. 
or man, or woman, or boy, or girl. As the clay is in the master's hand, the sovereign God. So are you in my hand. We notice that the clay is yielded or surrendered to the potter. It's just a a dead piece of material on a wheel. The clay itself has no desire of its own. It's just a lump of clay. It's yielded to the hands of the potter. It can't do anything. It cannot argue with the potter. It cannot even say, make me a beautiful bowl. Paint me red. It's just dead. And so is it, brothers and sisters, that we are all in the hands of God. And it doesn't matter how powerful we think we are. No one falls outside of God's sovereign power. Whether we agree with him or not, we're in his hands. Let's continue with the video. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Let's hold it here. Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, God is in control. He never surrendered control to any other being. His power is supreme. None can argue with him. Absolutely no one. Did not surrender any any power to the devil. We look on the life of Job. And Job had to, uh, and the devil had to ask God to grant him permission to touch Job. 
The devil could not touch a single, even a single hair upon one of the camels that belonged to Job until he was given permission. God is sovereign, all-powerful. Now, as we continue to look, brothers and sisters, on the whole nature of the clay, what's in the mind of the potter, on the hands of the potter, what what we recognize, brothers and sisters, is that this lump of clay has no will. And so is it. Can I not do with the house of Israel as this potter has done with the clay? In the text, Jeremiah witness the potter molding a vessel and somewhere in the course of his artwork he crushed it and what looked like a vessel suddenly was just a, a lump of clay no beauty And then he began to mold it one more time. The same lump. And he made a vessel out of it. The question is, as we look on this, we recognize too how difficult it would have been if this lump of clay was on the wheel with a will and a mind of his own. We call it an unsurrendered life. There there would have been chaos. A difficulty to producing the beautiful vessel that the potter has in his mind. Because the hands of the potter working that lump of clay is not always beautiful. He presses against it. He pushes against it. He cuts it. And that would cause if this, if this lump of clay had a will of its own, let's say it, it had the ability to choose and it was on this wheel with a mind of its own it would be impossible for the potter to create the kind of vessel that he wanted to so so is it brothers and sisters that's why the master our lord and savior Jesus Christ asked us each and every one of us to surrender our will 
that self-will. Allowing us to understand how important it is for the Christian man not to have a will of his own. How many of us know the purpose of God for our lives? What he has called us into this great kingdom for? One, two, three persons, if you know. With all certainty, what God has called you for. You can share. Some folks are asking if it's a trick question. It's not a trick question. The answer would simply be, we do not know. We can have an idea. We know some of our giftings. But the, the picture of the whole purpose for which God had, has called us into this great kingdom for we have to continue to believe and surrender to know that whole picture. We have to continue to the end. Now, this lump of clay, brothers and sisters, is weak, it's dead, it's powerless. And here we have a principle that we ought to live by is to acknowledge, brothers and sisters, our weakness and for us to say that we have no power to alter our shape, our substance. Yes, man, we're weak in this flesh, this body. No good thing dwells in it. It's weak, powerless. What we, what we should live by is to, when we acknowledge our weakness, is to surrender our will to the potter. That's what we are called to do. That's the beauty of Christianity. That the Christian man has willed his will to God. It's surrendered. Let's continue with the video. Notice the shape, brothers and sisters.
notice the various instruments and the shape of this lump of clay. As beautiful as it looks now, this lump of clay has no desire as it relates to the shape that it wants to take. It looks beautiful now. And one could say, leave me as is. I look good now. I'm satisfied with the way I'm shaped. It has no desire. It's surrendered to the potter. The potter is the one that's going to call the shots. So is it, brothers and sisters. Our lives must be abandoned to God without any question. Our lives must be abandoned to God. He's sovereign. And, I've, and I'm surrendered. He's the one that's designing what he wants out of me. He designed, created, and sustained me. And I'm not going to appeal against his will. When I'm on the wheel, when I'm in the potter's hand, I remain there until he removes me from the wheel. Let's continue as we look at some of the tools that this potter is using. He just used a very sharp tool. Cut at the clay. We continue. Now he is using fire. And he's cutting again. where the potter had started with just that ugly lump of clay and to where he's at now how many would feel comfortable having a, a vessel, vessel looking like it is looking now let's hold it there I think sometimes even our Christian walk we have gone through beautiful experiences growth and sometimes there's a danger of being satisfied a danger of feeling that we have arrived And once we start to have those feelings, 
what, what's happening to us is that all self-will is wrestling against the hands of the potter. And sometimes it's at, it's at these times, brothers and sisters, where we will kind of remove ourselves from the wheel. Because we believe that this is the vessel that he's making. What much more could he get out of this? The general shape of the, of the vessel. How many believe that we're looking on the, the general shape of the, of the vessel? Or is there something else to this vessel? Let's continue. Show the entire picture. Remove the picture in picture. It's looking a little bit different now. Can we go back just to the end of the video and pause it here? In the meantime, how many of us would ever imagine that this was the vessel that he was in the process of creating? This is what the lump of clay would have looked like at the end. See, brothers and sisters, what I want us to understand that when God called us into his kingdom, he has something in his mind as it relates to us. I know we all desire to go to heaven. But the call of God is more than heaven. I know we always just say, we just want to make it in. The call of God is much more than heaven. 
when he called us, each and every one of us, he has a purpose, an individual, a unique purpose for each individual. The vessel that he wants me to be, the design that he has in mind, nobody knows about it. Only God. And there's a governing principle that we will recognize throughout this entire video. Is that the vessel can never be perfected if the hands of the potter is not consistently on it. tells us brothers and sisters that if God's hand is not on us it's a marred vessel it will not look like what he intended for us to look like when he called the apostle Paul and the brethren were quite scared. It was a nice. Lord told him, don't be afraid. I have called this man, Paul. And I'm going to show you how much he must suffer for my name's sake. He tells us brothers and sisters. Every individual. That God called. He has a purpose. The next thing that we ought to realize. As 1 John 4. And verse 16 tells us. God is love. And I just want to stop right there. That first statement. God is love. It tells me, brothers and sisters, and we witness in this video, and so is it, as it relates to the Lord, that he has some tools tools that he uses to shape us into the purpose of our call but the beauty of it is that as individuals being on this wheel or in the hands of God, we have found ourselves into the hands of love.
what, what it takes from us is the ability to trust him. When he pulls, and I'm going to use um, some of the examples that we saw in this video. When God selects from his cabinet or from his, where he keeps his tools, the fiery torch, it's not punishment. It's love. Why? Because I believe by faith that the end result is the most beautiful thing that I could ever become or the most beautiful person that I could ever become. I heard one preacher preaching one day was listening to one of those uh, radio stations and he said God's I forgot it right now his exact words but in essence what he was saying is that God's his, his, his will to create something out of you and the beauty of his creation is much more beautiful than you would have intended on your most creative day. It doesn't matter what you have on your mind of yourself. It doesn't matter what you think that you can become when you work towards it. On your most creative day, you cannot match up to what God has designed for you. He takes out a very sharp instrument and he cuts against the clay. And perhaps we don't see much here. But perhaps if we should put that on the uh, magnify what he's doing with that tool, we'll see some shimmerings of clay falling from the vessel. And we watch this gentleman after he uses that sharp tool may have left some marks. Notice he picks up a sponge which is moist and he rubs it against it and smooths out those marks. I wonder what we can begin to look like if we allow God's hand to be upon us. I wonder if I could fall in love with the hands of God on my life. Very often we don't recognize a whole deal of our misery that we have in this life has to do with a self-will that's quite alive. Dead men don't quarrel. Dead men don't fight. They say dead men don't tell any tales. 
when we look on this lump of clay on the wheel, we see, as we begin to imagine, a piece of clay that trusts its master, the potter. I'm just staying here because I know I'm so ugly now. But something beautiful is about to come out of me. Anyone who comes to the shop, they look and they may criticize, but I want them to come back when my master is finished with me. They won't criticize. They will push their hands in their pocket or their wallet to make an exchange for a beautiful vessel. It's going to work something. So is it brothers and sisters. If we allow God to finish. Allow his hand to remain on our life. We will see the beauty that God has in store for us. I'm not going to be the only one speaking. And let me hear some feedback tonight. What do you think about what you have seen as it relates to your life? What are some of the challenges that we have in trusting God to do what He will do or wants to do or needs to do for us will be the first to go. Pastor, mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, you say about the clay in that and, you know, as we're born, we're this clay and God shapes our, our life and everything. But if you haven't known love or known God for so many years and you come back to the pottery shop and you're all cracked up, how did you fix that? When you're so damaged and hurt inside from your childhood. I, I'm not, I, I didn't get everything that you were saying. I, you cut out a little bit. Sorry about that. No, it's just um, as you're born and you're this piece of clay and, you know, we, we get molded and then as we get into adulthood, we are all cracked up because of the abuse and everything as a child. How do the pottery smooth that out for us to have a, a happier life in the future? Okay, I'm gonna ask. You heard, you heard, Sister Maria. Okay, please repeat for me. Speak up. Okay. 
believe what you were asking is how does the Lord how, do, how does the yes. Lord or the potter um, repairs the brokenness uh, having experience in um, no love in the childhood and the abuse in your childhood days and now as an adult you're coming back in pieces yeah okay so that's a that's a very good question the part as it relates to our Lord Jesus Christ being the potter the first thing that we will understand Gwen having experienced brokenness suffering no love the first thing that you're going to come in contact with when you enter the potter's house is love it is love that will put you on his wheel it is love of the potter for the clay that will allow his hands to mold and shape that clay. In the potter's house, it doesn't matter how broken that clay is. It is clay. He never asked for the clay to be whole. Okay. He wants the clay. As long as it's clay, he has the ability to shape that clay into a whole vessel. Even though we may come in in broken pieces and one may say, oh, there was a good man. There was a, a, a nice lad who just went the wrong way and his whole life is destroyed. That's fine. As long as we can come in repentance to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust in him, he can make something beautiful out of any individual who believes in him. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Pastor, it was just fascinating at the first couple of seconds in that um, clip that you were playing that it looked like something like he had made this really cool bowl and then he made this tall vase and it almost seemed like he was going somewhere with it and then he just crushed it down. Um, and just because of when I was in high school, I remember having to do a little bit of this pottery class. I remember that a lot of the times there are so many air pockets in the clay that this technique that he's doing is actually helping the clay to be stronger when it becomes that final product. From our natural eyes, we don't see it, but because his hands can feel where those air pockets is, it's just so cool how God is using this analogy to show what's happening in our lives that, you know, we might think that we are so broken, this big old, you know, bowl of nothing on on a wheel but it's because he has already created and made provisions for everything 
that we are able to become something even more beautiful. And I just thought that was cool. Uh, and even like somebody who is maybe even older that they, you know, as he pulls the jar up and it becomes this cool thing, they might think I've reached, you know, I've reached that point. God has used me to do this much, but then there's so much more beauty that can become out of that as well. Amen. Thank you very much, Sister Jody. Go ahead, Sister Shane. Good night, Pastor. Good night, everyone. Um, I, Pastor, we're talking about challenges too in relation to the video. Go ahead. Okay. Um, one challenge, I guess this is in connection with what Gwen had said. Um, a challenge that I face is, is trusting God with um, like the broken parts, uh, I guess, of my life that happened prior to me knowing him personally. Um, so yeah, that's an area that I, I know I definitely need help with is, it's kind of like you, you kind of question, um, I mean, yeah, you question, um, kind of like, God, why didn't you stop this? Or why did you allow this? And it, it's a real challenge for me to let him into those areas. Um, just because, uh, at a point where I was, um, more vulnerable and not knowledgeable, it's kind of like, God, where were you? It's kind of immature, but, um, that's definitely something that I still struggle with. I'm so sorry, sister Shane, I, my, my instrument failed me, but you were saying that trust in the Lord with some of the broken pieces of your life. Okay. So I'll just make it short. So basically in connection to what Gwen was saying, um, like it's difficult for me to trust God with um, areas of brokenness that I experienced before having knowledge of him before uh, at moments of vulnerability, basically when I was a young child and didn't know how to defend myself. Um, like those areas are challenging now. Okay. And how do you, how do you open up that to God? That's the question you're asking. Um, I guess, I don't know. I just, I mean, if somebody has experience, like, you know, you understand what I'm talking about and, um, or just, I'm sorry, I get frustrated sometimes talking, but, um, like I'm just, I need help in terms of, yeah. Opening up that space, uh, for, to let God in and to allow him basically to grant me understanding if he desires or to just help me to trust him again with those areas. Okay. Anybody wants to share? Yeah. I, I yes. Go ahead, Sister Carmela. I'll take you after Sister Jody. Okay, okay, so um, oh, sorry. Go what ahead, I'm sister. gathering from from Sister Shay, and I'm not I, I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong, but sometimes we go through some valleys and some things happen to us in life that we, no matter how you go to God, He might not give you an answer, but He has given you His Holy Spirit to guide you through those areas. Now that when you look back. You have to look for something positive and said, yes, in spite of God was still keeping me unless I would not be alive today. So you have to draw some positivity from 
the negative things that happened at a time when you were vulnerable and was not able to probably um, advocate for yourself or defend yourself. So more could have happened, worse could have happened. But the Lord had his hand still covering you and keeping you. So instead of just looking on the negativities of what happened, look on the positivity that worse could have happened. And that turned that into a thank you, Jesus, because worse could have happened. Um, and don't focus on the negativity because it's just going to draw you down. Okay, thank you very much, Sister Karamula. Sister Marion. I think I just wanted to say that, you know, in coming to Christ, he knows he knows when we would have turned our lives over to him and when we would have started fully committing ourselves to him. And he knows that at that point, we would come into understanding of the fact that he's sovereign and that he has a perfect image of what he's creating us to be. So I'm not saying that the bad things or the, the brokenness that happened before we have committed our lives to Christ is something that he has caused, but it is definitely something that he allowed. And as hard as that is to swallow, looking at that jar tonight, it could never respond to the potter to say, do not put that fire on me. That sharp edge is hurting my bottom or that sharp edge is hurting my neck. Please remove it. It never did respond. And the final product of that jar never looked back to complain about the instruments that were used. Neither did it seek to revert to what it was before. And I think that is something so powerful that a lot of times we won't have answers. It's in our nature as human beings to desire an answer. But we don't need to have an answer. That's where I believe the sovereignty of God, the potter, comes in. And it is not for us to determine what benefits us or what brings us demise. We know that sin definitely creates destruction. And if we continue along the pathway of sin, it will definitely lead to destruction and to death. But the fact that you are now in understanding of the sovereignty of the potter, I believe the way forward is not looking to necessarily understand everything because then that would make us equal with the potter and we are the clay and he's the potter. So as hard as that is, and, and it has been, I'm not, I'm not making small of anybody's experiences. I've, I've had experiences of my own that, Looking back, you wish you'd never, you never walked that part of the road. And I found it frustrating trying to answer those things. I found more peace in my personal journey, yielding to the sovereignty of God and learning more and more trust. I don't know if that helps anybody. And I would, and I should I would add to that. Just one statement. I think somebody would, someone 
had attempted. Yeah. Just let me make one statement and then you can. Yeah, yeah. I'll wait. You can, you can add. I would just add to that, Sister Sharon, is that the potter is not challenged by brokenness. He thrives on brokenness. So it doesn't matter. Uh, the brokenness, the things that we may not want to share with him. And something just came to my mind. We can really trust God. I noticed something as I was making this statement. At no point in this video, I saw someone else other than the potter. Or did I see the potter speaking to somebody else? We can trust God with our brokenness. He understands it more than any individual could ever understand it. And the reason why we can trust him is that when we present our brokenness to him, he takes it, administers his healing, and makes something beautiful out of it. Nobody else can do that. And so we have to develop that level of trust. I believe that's where we have to start on the trust issue. And as we move from one stage to the next stage, we'll recognize that we can trust him. Praise the Lord. Someone else had a had attempted to say something. I wasn't sure who it was. Yes. Praise the Lord, Pastor. Okay. Mr. Longman. Yes. So I was just um just here just reflecting on Sister Cheyenne's question as well. Um and just um, just wanted to add um that when we can't understand what God is doing. Um, or why he allows what he allows. Um, when we can't understand his hands, we have to trust his heart. And when we can't understand what he, um, why he has done something or allowed something to happen through his hands, we have to trust his heart, that his heart and his intention towards us is only good. And so when we look at Job, for example, as an example of someone who went through immense suffering, Job could not understand the hand of God in his life, but he trusted his heart. And he says, though he slays me, though I feel like he's killing me right now, yet I will trust him because he says, I know that my redeemer lives. I know he's going to get me out of this. I don't know why he's doing it. I don't know why he allowed it. I don't know why he allowed my children to die. I don't know why he took everything away from me. And now my wife is telling me to curse him. But I do know that when I cannot understand his hands, I can trust his heart. And at the end, we see, that's why in the book of James, it says, we see the long suffering. You've heard of the patience of Job. And we see the long suffering of the Lord, how 
He's a very good and kind God. God promoted Job through the, his suffering. And so God will never, any, any suffering that we go through, whether in infancy stage or at a stage where we're mature enough to understand it, that suffering will always bring a greater glory than what we went through. And so that's why when we, we have Jesus as the ultimate example, the Bible says he was marred more than any man in Isaiah 52. He was disfigured more than anyone else. He gave that as an example that although he was brutalized and he was destroyed and he was completely torn apart, the glory that was revealed in him was much greater than the suffering that he was allowed to go through. And that is just a, 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 an encouragement to us that when we don't understand, why did you allow that to happen when I was five or nine? Lord, why did you allow that to happen? When we can't understand that, we have to give room. We have to give space for clarity because sometimes it's just like the video. We can't skip. Right now we have technology. We can skip ahead and go to the end. But while we're on the wheel, we don't have that feature to, to move forward years and see. But one thing we know is that just like Joseph, he couldn't understand why his brother threw him in the ditch, why he was sold, why he was lied on, why he was put into prison, why he was forgotten, why he was abandoned. But he continued just to trust in the Lord. And then the Lord at the appointed time brought clarity. And so I believe that God will bring us all that clarity if we continue to trust him, just as he's shown us time and time in the scriptures. When we can't understand his hands, we just have to trust his heart because his thoughts for us are always good and of peace to give us an expected end. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you very much for that, Minister Longmore. There's, we'll take one more before we close off tonight. Pastor, there's a next. My pastor, Sister Audrey. Oh, go ahead, Sister Audrey. So I do not want to, um, I should have said this before because I, I like Brother Matthew's summation. But however, I was thinking too, um, you know, about the same line of this brokenness. And, you know, when we look back, you know, what, you know, um, you know, thinking this happened to us, and yeah, we're on the we're on the wheel. However, sometimes I find um, when I think of the reason why God allowed it was um, sometimes we don't share enough, like tonight, because you know the, the big slogan nowadays is that you're not alone, and so sometimes we don't realize that our sisters and our brothers are also broken. And sometimes if we, if we knew that or we know that, you know, for, for those of us who are also struggling, we, we can help them. We can guide them. I, I believe because of maybe my path and my brokenness and having confirmed that I have received forgiveness and, you know, some of the, the pain, I, speaking for myself, I can go alongside someone and help them during their struggles by saying, I went down that road. I went through that. You know, this is what I did. You know, God was there, or I sought God. I sought Jesus, and he helped me. So sometimes I believe, you know, 
my summary is that sometimes I think that path also can help support someone when they're going through it, if we're honest and open. That's it. That's very, very well put, Sister Adi. There's one thing that we we should practice, brothers and sisters. It's not it's easier said than done, but if we are going to have an impact on people, we we have to be vulnerable. There, there's a notion that we get saved and we forget everything about our past. The struggles, who we were. And so we don't even have the ability to identify with persons who are going through some of the similar struggles that we once went through. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, and we, I'm not holding any longer, but hear what the Lord, hear what is said about our Lord Jesus Christ. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. So he he experienced the same difficulties that we had. So that as a high priest, he can relate to us. As a high priest, how much more now as, as the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12 and verse 20, 27 tells us now that we are the body of Christ. We are, each of us are members that make up that one body. And now it's difficult but this is also true that God allow us to experience certain difficulties within our lives. He allowed it because of a truth his choice and his purpose for our lives is going to bring everything that we went through. He allowed it. But he's going to make something out of it. Because brothers and sisters, we have to understand. I know we talk about dates when we were baptized. And dates when we were filled with the Holy Ghost. But it is very true that we are chosen in him in eternity before time ever existed. It's not the day we were baptized. That's just the video playing out. That's us answering our call. And so our entire life God has not called us to abandon our experiences 
Act as if we were always good. Our brokenness is going to mean something to this ministry. I hope I, I hope that is clear to everyone. Time is far spent, brothers and sisters. Let us unmute our microphones as we prepare to pray. And I really hope we can leave here with an understanding and impression made on our minds how important it is for us to be dead on the wheel. For us to allow God's hand to remain on us during the cutting during the fire just keep your hands on me Lord keep your hands on me keep your hands on me Lord let's unmute our microphones as we are going to be praying at this time Hallelujah. I surrender all to him. Hallelujah.